Welcome to the Scrum.org Community Podcast, a podcast from the home of Scrum. In this podcast, we feature professional Scrum trainers and other Scrum practitioners sharing their stories and experiences to help learn from the experience of others. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Scrum.org Community Podcast. Today's episode is going to focus on a company success story. Um, we're going to be talking to Tyson Bertmering from um, an organization called uh, Dino Therapeutics. He's the head of partner success at Dino, which uh, at some point we'll get, we'll get into in a little bit more detail why uh, partner success is talking about Scrum. But um, I'm really excited to bring um, Tyson to this uh, podcast because Tyson and I have known each other for, oh gosh, how long have we known each other, Tyson? uh 2019 2018 something like that wow so four years for about four years and during that time we spent a lot of time talking a little bit about talking a lot about how scrum can apply to biotech and what's different is anything different what's good what's bad and over those four years or so three four years we've really explored some really interesting topics around research and and scientists and organizational culture that hopefully we'll we'll get to share today. So welcome to the podcast, Tyson. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to this. Great, great, great. So I guess let's let's just begin at the very beginning, uh, I guess. Um, so Dino Therapeutics is um, basically they're pioneering the use of artificial intelligence to gene therapy, right? Which sounds super, super interesting. So lots of research and development, lots of big science. Is, did, did I get it right? Is that a good way of describing what you guys are doing at Dino? I got it, got it pretty close there. I think um, a big challenge for gene therapy is delivery of, of these payloads or transgenes to have a therapeutic effect on, on patients. And there's limited you know, delivery uh, vectors today that can do that. And so we there's a huge space of potential um, uh, vectors that we can apply our machine learning methods to and uh, identify improved variants uh, on a, a variety of different pr- of properties. And, and hopefully those meet our, our, our customers' needs and then uh, they can license those capsids and, and then make products with it. Which is great. So potentially, you know, sort of much more important than me in terms of your, your position in the world, because you're trying to find gene therapies that, that, that solve some of the biggest, horriblest uh, diseases in the world, right? And Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm glad that you're using Scrum. Hopefully it's helping a little bit to improve and, and speed up that process. It, it's super exciting and obviously very empirical. So um, you, you don't know what you know until you know that you don't know it, I guess, uh, over and over again. All right, so let's start and talk, start about Scrum. Obviously our listeners are here um, uh, wanting to hear about how you, how you all at uh, Dino have used Scrum to make things um, successful. But before we do that, when, we, when did you first encounter uh, Scrum Titan? You've got a little bit of an interesting history, you know, in terms of your, your life and your, before you went into to biotech. Um, so it might be even, I wouldn't mind you sharing a little bit of that on the way. So when did you first come into, into Scrum? Um, let's see. So I came more traditional route. Um, I came from uh, the military. Um, you know, I started my career off 
doing traditional project management. That's what we, we were taught. That's how you develop new weapon systems in the military. You use traditional project management practices. Um, so I had known about Scrum early, but there really wasn't a pathway to use it in the military. Uh, we still, to this day, we still develop aircraft. We still, we do a lot of things still um, using traditional project management. Um, and so I think the first time I ever came across it, I, I read this, this like little pamphlet. It was like, it wasn't the Scrum Guide, it was something else. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I can't use it, I'll put it aside. So that's kind of like how it happened. Maybe that would have been about 2010 when I first came across it. And, and then, you know, we, we, didn't we meet in a coffee shop in Cambridge and you said, I'd like to talk to you about Scrum. And then, and then the rest is history. So you were working at a different organization then prior to joining Dino Therapeutics. And you were like trying to use Scrum in that organization, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. so I left the military in 2013 and I took my traditional project management chops with me and it worked fine, like in, you know, commercialization, like the later stages of, of, of uh, the work that we do in biotech. It wasn't until I got to uh, CRISPR Therapeutics and I was working as a PM or I was assigned as a PM to a research team. Um, and I was trying to use, you know, Gantt charts with them. And I would, uh, you know, take an hour. I'd really understand what they're doing. I'd put together a plan of what they told me they were going to do. And then the next week, I hear, I hear them saying things. And I'm like, that's not on the plan. So what are we, why are we doing that? And so this constant, like, you know, uh, going in circles over and over and over again, not adding any value to the organization made me want to rethink that pamphlet that I had long long read ago and um i was really curious about it i think i reached out to you on like i didn't know who to go to i think i reached out to you on linkedin and i wanted my boss to hear about it and kind of just i thought there was something here and i wanted to explore it yeah it makes a, makes a lot of sense i just it's almost as though traditional project management is a bit like pantomime in these highly complex highly changeable environments it's sort of everything's always going to be in a process of flux because you, as you discover things, right? And um, it, and is that the reason why Scrum sort of like connected with you so so much, this managing change sort of element of the process? Yeah, I think I think the change is the big piece. Um, it's, I, in all the work that I've ever done, research especially, um, it's, it's like impossible to predict what's going to happen and you need a way of working that can um, be adapting and can, can work in that sort of environment. And it was really difficult initially to think, oh wait, the 10, 15 years of experience I have going into this is kind of useless now. Um, and you kind of have to re retrain your brain. There's certain things I do today that are really like remnants of my past life that I have to kind of turn off because it, it can be very disruptive. This like idea of, traditional project management's around control. You're trying to control various elements of the work, whether it's cost, schedule, performance of the work, kind of have to turn that stuff off when you apply you know, the, uh, the Scrum framework. And um, that's been kind of the biggest challenge for me. Yeah, so um, I think we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more in a moment, but I wanna, okay, so you apply, you started using it at, at CRISPR Therapeutics and you know, using it, getting some success, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of amazed at this team of 15 
researchers, you know, research associate scientists, and we had, um, you know, our, our head of the group, um, that they saw value in it, they showed up, they participated, they got used to, like, they got into that cadence, and the cadence really worked for them, and um, there was more transparency, right, we could inspect what we were all doing, people had choice in the work that they were doing, it was, it was, I think the people really saw that it was different than than how they had been working, and and I knew it. I knew it was successful. I knew it was the right way to work. Um, I, I remember you brought me in quite early at Dino to, with the founders, with the the leadership there, and we talked about. I don't know if that was a a check to see whether they really were true to it or whether it was a, hey, uh, this is uh, who. I, it was hard to say who it who the conversation was for, but. Ultimately, what I what I found that was so refreshing was the leadership at Dino Therapeutics were just like, hey, we're going to do everything. We've, we've got a, we're, I don't want to quote the Blues Brothers here. We're on a mission from God and we're going to do it. But it, it felt a little bit like that. We've got a really great mission. We're going to really, and we want to do anything that gets out of the way to, to help us deliver that on that mission that gets things out of the way to help that helps us that stops us from delivering as it were gets gets us on that trajectory and I was surprised by their passion also I was surprised and maybe this is something you can add a lot more color to the way that a lot of the things that they said though they may used in different words align so quickly to to, to the ideas of scrum can you just talk a little bit about you know how, how did that work did you know there's the transparency, the, you know, the ability to change, all of those things that are key for, for Scrum seem to be natural. I mean, there were two elements that when I was thinking about where to go, it, it just like made sense to me. One was it's a learning organization. Everything is about learning and then putting that into the work that we do next. So we have a closed loop workflow. So if you go to our website, right, you'll, you'll learn a lot about how we, you know, we have our, our methods, we use those methods to design libraries of, of, of variants that we think have prom promise for improved properties. We then experiment with those, those variants, and then we take that data and then we use it to make our next library. So it's very, it's very iterative, um, and it's, it's built on this need to be continuously learning, which to me was just like a hand in glove. It fit really well with how uh, Scrum is 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 empirical and and uh, it just seemed like the ideal place for me to go and experiment. And then having the co-founders and having senior leaders in the, in the company all also uh, be curious about um, Scrum and what it could do in the company was just too enticing to to, to give up. Yeah, it it yeah it really did. Or from what my external sort of perspective, having all those things lined up really created the environment for success that is rare. I'll be honest, um, it, you you often don't see that. You see the opposite. In spite of everything around, Scrum still reasonably successful. In this case, that's that's very different. Okay, so I'm I'm really interested about biotech and Scrum in particular, and it's something with debated and discussed multiple times, and particularly around people and skills. You know, from, from an outside perspective, biotech and pharma in general has all these incredible scientists that have all these specialist skills. And so the trick is bringing them together to deliver value. 
but you'd have thought that they want to stay doing what they do, which they've spent, you know, they did a PhD in it, they've spent 20, 30 years of education, thousands of dollars of student loans, and they want to continue to do that thing that they're good at. We have, you know, that, that happens in software development, it happens in all sorts of other industries. So what, what, how did you do, deal with that in biotech? How did, you know, with, with using Scrum? I mean, I think uh, this is an interesting question. I think that if we look at work today in many organizations, they're really kind of legacies of this industrial age where we're trying to manage, um, uh, trying to manage the work through the skills that people bring to work. Um, we're not really thinking about the value that we're trying to create at work. It doesn't really matter who does what, right? What matters is the work that we're, we're doing leads to something of value. Um, so I, I think like once you create the conditions where there's a product goal, there is um, clarity around like what is valuable. Um, you can have these teams of people bringing in different skills and thinking about things differently and providing insights and in like non-siloed functional ways that can lead to the creation of something that is valuable. And people can then associate the work that they're doing to that product goal, that thing of value, and less about what is my skill and, and what do I bring to work every single day? Wow, that's a, that's a mic drop moment. So basically, one of the problems with the industrial paradigm is we have all these skilled professionals. I mean, it's, it's a problem and a, and a benefit, obviously, as well. And historically, because we've concentrated on bringing these resources together in pursuit of a project, it's ultimately the responsibility of the project manager and everybody else to glue it all together. Whereas what, what, what you're saying is that with Scrum and this way of working, by making the product goal the thing that unifies everybody, and by bringing that to the team in a way that they all understand, suddenly the skills silos become less relevant. Yes, you come with what you've come with, but ultimately it's the goal that matters. That's, yeah. that's quite profound, actually. And I mean, is a PM saying this, a project manager saying this? <laughs> when I hear people say, I need to hire a PM, like that's a good signal to say, okay, something's broken. Let's investigate. Why do you need to hire a PM? Because you shouldn't need to, in my opinion. Um, you want to create opportunities for people to create that glue themselves. And one of the, one of the things that was really eye-opening to me at CRISPR was, you know, scientists, research associates, it's all about the skills that they can build. They want to make themselves more capable and, and, and like learn different things. Like that they're interested in that, but also that kind of creates value in themselves. And so creating a, a team where you have a, a product goal that requires, um, people to provide all sorts of different, you know, um, contributions to that uh, can create um, these like T people, right? So now your research associates, your scientists, they're not just like single skilled. Now they have all these different skills that are kind of um, on the periphery of others that would they would normally do. And, and I think it creates more exciting work and it creates more valuable products. Uh, and a pretty profound, I don't know, for the listeners at, at, at home or on the car or wherever you're listening to this from, um, that, 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 that flipping it from not about skills to about outcomes changes the entire uh, 
the entire connection of the team and what they what they even think they're bringing to it, I think is a really profound, and I, I really appreciate that that insight, Tyson. That that's awesome. So obviously, you know, you you've been exposed to the way we talk about Scrum at, at Scrum or professional Scrum. You know, attended classes, been bored by me for hours on it. I I do apologize. I'm I'm, I'm trying to do better. Um, so what do you think, because it's not just about the framework, right? There's other things that make it work. Can you talk a little bit about professional Scrum and what makes it work at Dino that's more than just the, the events and the accountabilities and the artifacts and, and stuff? Um, it's, it's an interesting question, too, because, uh, you know, there's there's people at Dino that look at Scrum as if it's some sort of dogmatic thing that we have to adhere to. Um, and it's, sometimes it's hard to see how it connects with all the other elements of um, how a well-run organization should think about the values that we have, the practices that we have. Um, I think allowing Scrum to basically be a base foundation of how we operate, right? We think about the work that we do in two-week increments. We plan, we, we, we execute, we, we do retrospectives. But like, why do we do these things? We do these things because it connects back to like trying to live our behaviors that we have in our company. So a lot of our value behaviors that we have at Dino, they align really well with what are the, the values in Scrum. They're also, they, they align really well with a lot of literature that you read these days and different books um, from a lot of different thought leaders in the space, you know, around, you know, uh, trust and, and around commitment, accountability, focusing on results, things like that. So um, I don't know if I'm exactly answering your question, but I think de-emphasizing the, the specifics of how the framework of Scrum operates and focusing more on like why we do this is really important in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that was very clear from that first conversation that we had, that uh, I had at Dino was this, this very clear kind of connection with the values, particularly around trust, transparency, flexibility, the, the a little bit of sort of humor, hubris, whatever you want to call it, you know, not taking themselves too seriously about how, though this is very serious work and they, and everybody cares very deeply about it, the, the bottom line is if it, we aren't going to be perfect always, we're going to make mistakes, that sort of flexibility, I think it was in, in incredibly apparent and, and also discipline, the, the fact that you, we're going to do it and we're going to really try to do it. We're not going to do it and say we're doing it, but do something else. And I think that was very, very clear as well. So the, the last question, and you know, I'll, I'll let you get back to the very important work that you're doing every day. So I don't want to keep you from it, Tyson, um, is really around what you've seen, the results, the outcomes. Now, you know, in many situations, there's an existing processes and failed projects and all this sort of stuff. But but obviously at Dino, you sort of came in not on day one, but pretty early on, and you set things out. But compared to that sort of traditional project management life that you previously led, maybe in the military or, or before, or between the military and, and where you are now, can you sort of look, what, what are the big benefits, the results, the outcomes that you've seen? Yeah, I think 
it's a good question too. I think it's what's really challenging, I think, for organizations to adapt a different way of working is it takes a while. It takes a while to get that discipline up, to get those results that you're looking for. And maybe some organizations just don't have the patience to do that. So we're almost two years into this and we still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. But the benefits that we've seen so far is the level of feedback that we're able to have because we have the transparency. I, you know, I don't know what the parallel universe would look like at Dino, but I have to imagine if we had less transparency, less feedback, we'd have, we'd have like worse ideas and we would, we would probably be in a worse shape than we are today, but it's really hard to show people that parallel uh, uh, universe. And so I think time will tell, right? I think if, if Dino is successful in the long run and we're able to, you know, achieve the vision that we have for gene therapy, then I, then I, I would, I would imagine Scrum will be one of the things that we look at for why, why that was possible. Wow. I know it's going to be a success, Tyson. I know having met you and met and a few members of your organization, I know that the mission you're on is, uh, is, is truly worthy and I know it will be a success. And I know that, or maybe this is a little biased, that Scrum will be a part of it, even if it's a very small part of it, um, because it's all about unlocking the potential of the human beings that you have there. And you have some amazing, smart, incredible people that are doing incredible work of which you're one. So thank you for taking the time today. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with the audience. I know this is a, a huge topic, an iceberg of a topic, and we've only really got the bit that we can see above the water. But um, I'm, I'm very excited about the future. Hopefully we'll have future conversations as things progress as we learn more and as you continue to grow on the success that you've had. So thank you for, uh, for spending the time with us all today, Tyson. Thanks, Dave, and thanks for the opportunity to, to share. and. And I hope a future as biotech is really embracing this way of working. So anything I can do to, to help that, that future, you know, I'm there. Great. So thank you, the listeners today, for, for attending, I guess attending, I don't know, listening would probably be a better word, right, to uh, the Scrum.org community podcast. Uh, this episode focused on uh, a company success. I say success. Tyson's like, we're not maybe a, not there yet, but success story of Dino Therapeutics. I've been very fortunate to have uh, Tyson Bertmering um, <laughs> with me today, who's the head of partner success, um, which uh, who's been using Scrum in their organization to really define how they're structured. Um, thank you for joining Winning today's podcast. Obviously, there's going to be other uh, success stories on this channel. Uh, so I'm excited to share them with you. Take care.